and welcome to Behind the Sounds. I'm joined once again uh, from Mexico this time. I'm so jealous. Alyssa Bonagura, welcome. Thank you for being Bye. here again. Thank um, you for having me. Sorry, I'm so, in my bikini, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> we all wish we were in your shoes right now. <laughs> um, so some of you may have listened. Alyssa and I met a few weeks ago at Omira in London, where she opened for Twinny after doing some UK shows um, and is having a little vacay before going back to Nashville. Um, so how are you? How's things? Oh, things are so good. I've I've actually, this is like, it's been so nice to just take some time. Um, my, my parents kind of gifted me this uh, trip. And so I've just been sleeping and scheming and dreaming and writing down all these ideas I have. And um, I love being by the water because it really it brings me a lot of inspiration. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just planning the rest of my my album out and I'm really good. I'm really good. Yeah. And you picked like the best place to do <laughs> I know. Well, this Cancun is so awesome and, and the people are so lovely and and uh, the water is crystal clear. So uh, I got really lucky. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, there's so much to talk about. So you had a new single out in July. As um, If you've listened to our, our interview with Alyssa, we talked about new music coming and um, lots going on, obviously, post-COVID. You've just kind of come off the mm. back of almost a mini UK tour. You did like a lot of gigs over there. Um, yeah. What was it like kind of being back out there? Oh my God, it was so good to be gigging again. I mean, it, I went from gigging every week, you know, for five years basically of my life to full stop not doing anything for a year. And so it was so wonderful and also scary, I think, to get back into it because you, I don't know, you just, after after stopping, you kind of, I don't know, you get into this momentum when you're gigging all the time, you have a routine and and you're, you're practiced and you're mentally fit and you know what I mean? You're physically fit and you're like doing this thing. And then when you stop for a while, um, it's kind of hard to get back into the swing of things. So, um, but I, you know what, the, the best way to do it is just dive in the deep end and go for it. So that's what I did. And um, I was so excited to be back in the UK and, and I started getting all these shows and um, yeah, it was like, we got to play Buckle and Boots. We, we played the Maverick Festival. Um, and got to play Omero with 20. That was really fun. And, um, and got to see a bunch of my friends from college. So it was just really great to be over there again and to, and to have be embraced by the country community there. Yeah. And how, obviously, like, so you will talk about this a bit more, but you went to college, obviously, over here in the UK. Yeah. How do you find gigging in the UK different to kind of in the States? Hmm. Well, I there is the only difference is, is that the UK crowds are really um, they're really quiet when you're playing. And so in the beginning, you kind of think that they don't like you, but really they're just listening. And so that's what I, I love so much about it, because, you know, people come up to me and they'll 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 recite a lyric from a brand new song that I just played that night. And and they've remembered it and saying, oh, I really like that one. And so I think that that's really cool. And, and you don't get that um, as much um uh, in the u.s but yeah i mean you know gigging is great anywhere and anywhere that you can play i think is important so um but i just i love i love the fans in the uk i really do i really true um just music fans yeah definitely and you are no stranger to performing started super young uh, so <laughs> yeah. your parents were both musicians, they had a band. What was life like growing up, the daughter of musicians? 
Oh my gosh. It, life growing up was amazing with Bailey and the boys. I mean, I, I didn't know any different. So for me, it was like, you know, as a kid, it was all I knew until I got older. I didn't realize like who my parents were and, and who I was hanging out with. You know what I mean? Um, but it was amazing. I, you know, 12 midnight, I would get woken up by my mom and she'd say, Hey, let's see the bus is here. And we'd walk down the driveway and we would hop in the bus and we'd wake up and we'd be in a different town. And so to me, that was like, I mean, what an incredible way to grow up and to learn about different cultures and different cities. And um, I never went outside of the U.S. until I was, um, you know, uh, in high school. But but I saw every state except for Alaska, basically. I've been to every state, played a show in every state, um, learned a lot from all the different states in America. And it's kind of cool because America is so big that, that you get everything in one place so you get to see the mountains you get to see the beach you get to see uh you know i mean everything the valleys the hills i mean whatever you want um you get tropical places you get like really cold places a lot of snow you know and so it was really really fun and um i wouldn't trade it for anything i i i uh i want to you know bring up my children on the road someday that's how much i loved it (laughs) It sounds like the childhood of dreams. It really does. Yeah. Well, it's a gypsy lifestyle too. So, you know, it's like, that's why I think some people that get into the music business, they, they start touring and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't, you know, this is hard. I don't, I don't like this because they're constantly living out of a suitcase. But when you're conditioned to it, you either really love it or you really don't. And I just, I love it so much. And I almost feel weird when I'm not traveling. So it's like, I get the itch. I get the traveling itch. Like I got to go somewhere. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it was amazing. Yeah. And with regards to music, were you kind of automatically ingrained to just have that gene, do you think? Do you think you just kind of came out the womb singing? <laughs> like, Gosh, yeah. Like? I think it was inevitable. You know, my mom used to, she still plays guitar, but she was, one, she was pregnant. She was playing guitar on her belly, like, throughout the whole tour. So they got, she got pregnant at the peak of their career. So they had like a top 10 single on the radio and they were like, you got to go on radio tour. So I was basically hearing music every day of my life from my mom's womb, you know? And, um, and when I was born, it was just completely immersed into music with harmonies and, um, and I was the only child. So I just, my, it's really funny. You're asking me this now because my dad just got all these old video, like VHSs converted to digital. And they're all like from when I was a kid. And I just saw a video of me like playing with a Casio keyboard that, you know, you can, you can kind of like press a button and the whole band plays on the, on the thing. And so I was playing piano back then and I was just so musical. Like I was creating songs. I was singing Disney songs. I was like, you know, I just wanted to play and sing and make music and I wanted to be just like my parents. And so I, it was totally inevitable. And it's just, I've never thought of doing anything else. It was almost like this innate knowing of this is my destiny. This is who I am ever since I was born. Mm. And is it, so you did a duet, right? When you were, te- is this, I can't, can't believe this, like saying it out loud is baffling. <laughs> So let me get the dates right. So you were 10 and you were on Kenny Rogers' Christmas album. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Looking back when you were 10, was he, obviously he's a legend and amazing, but were you like, were you starstruck at that age? Did you know who he was? Was it like a cool experience or was it just kind of like another day in the office? 
Well, it was kind of like, he was like, kind of like my uncle Kenny, because it was, I used to see all these people around on tour and Vince Gill became like my uncle Vinny. And like, you know, and uh, I, I met Reba when I was a kid and Dolly and, you know, all these legends. Um, but to me, they were just like people that my parents knew and were friends. So to me, they were like friends, you know, or mm -hmm. like extended family members um, in that respect. And I didn't get to know Kenny as, as well as I knew Vince because, you know, Vince Gill was um, on tour with my parents and that they were kind of like doing a whole tour together for a long time. So um, him and his family really became good friends of ours. And Jenny Gill is still one of my best friends. Um, and she's so talented in her own right. But um, she's been helping me do a lot of like my videos recently. Cause she's really into video right now. So um, anyway, it's just kind of funny. Like the, the, the country music community becomes like a family in that respect. We're like, you just kind of make these connections and these friends and they last forever. Um, so my parents first tour was opening for Kenny Rogers. So he met me when I was a really small child and he was creating this, um, this musical play. Um, and they, they actually ended up doing it on Broadway. Um, but they had reached out to me to see if I would sing the part of the angel for like this Christmas thing that he was doing. And so, yeah, I got the part. And when I went in, it was like, you know, seeing him again was so great. And, and I just was fearless. Like I actually, my, my mom was telling me, like, I told him that one of his parts was wrong in a really <laughs> polite way. And he was like, oh, I think she's right, actually. And then like went in and fixed it and we did it together. And it's just, I guess I just didn't realize how, I mean, I knew these people, but they were like, I don't know. I, I wasn't starstruck in a way. I was just kind of like, I was really respectful of knowing who they were and and realizing that um you know it's it's amazing it's it really was amazing to work with with someone like that and I practiced so hard for that because I was so nervous you know um but I'm so grateful that I got that opportunity because I really think it helped me like understand how to set the bar from a young age and like really go in professionally and, and understand that yeah and and as you say kind of you don't realize it I suppose at that age and obviously knowing them uh, away from them being on stage yeah. and, and being as agents you don't understand kind of the caliber of, of how big they are so looking back yeah. now does it yeah. are you kind of like oh my god that happened or is it 100 percent? no yeah. I, I have no idea how it happened I'm like I, I it it totally baffles me that and like the way that I grew up and then you know like as I got older when I was like in in middle school like I had this teacher that um she thought I was lying and she called my parents in one day because I think our assignment was to like write a, write a, you know, when you were a kid, like in second grade, they would do this thing where you'd like start writing your own book and you'd like write about your weekend. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I wrote about my weekend and, and, um, she called my mom and was like, we have a problem with your daughter. My, my mom was like, what's the problem? And she said, well, she's lying and, you know, and, and, and it's not good. And my mom was like, what's she lying about? And she was like, well, she said that, you know, she went to some country music festival and flew over the weekend and met Bonnie Raitt and sang on stage. And, and my mom was like, no, that's what we literally just did this weekend because we're country singers. <laughs> and so people just like didn't get it, you know, and um, and I didn't get it until I started, you know, seeing that side of it where people were like, wait, do you realize like what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. but but my mom made it really like my mom and my dad were so good at at being humble and they still are and it's one of the my favorite qualities about them because the truth is is that like we're all just humans you know and we get given these gifts and then 
you get popular, you know, God willing. And, and I think that the important thing is to just treat everyone as equal. And my mom always, my mom always taught me that. Um, and to be honest, like the best, the best people in the business are the most humble. A lot of the time, you know, there's some, there's some mean ones out there, but, um, but for the most part in the country music business, I really haven't met anybody that's ever been mean or, you know, yeah. So it's, it's, I got really lucky um, to grow up that way and to kind of understand that from a young age. Mm. And obviously, as you said, it's kind of inevitable that you were going to be musical and go into this, but was there a point where you were like, okay, I'm going to start taking this seriously now. This is actually what I want to do. Was there like a certain point in your life that you remember that? Yeah, I, I actually, um, in high school, like I was 16 years old and I was really into like theater too. I was doing like a lot of, a lot of musical theater and acting. And, um, I started the dance team at my, at my high school. They didn't have a dance team. I was really into like hip hop and jazz and just was just like, was just really into just creativity of any kind, you know? Um, and my mom and my dad, um, we had a tour bus for like the longest time and, and we had to sell it at one point they had like lost their record deal and you know the funds were not as much as they were and so we sold our bus and we got this van and they got this gig opportunity um touring with marty stewart and the fabulous superlatives and marty heard me singing and and asked if i would be the first of the three openers and so when i was 16 i went on the road with my parents and marty and i was playing these theaters opening and playing my own songs and and that was really i think at the moment when i really started being like okay i i can do this if if i really really you know prepare for it and um and he really taught me a lot on that tour because he actually didn't go to school i mean he was just he was you know gigging since he was a child as well and and his stories were amazing, but it was really, um, it was really a, a good lesson for me to be on that tour. Cause I learned a lot about performing and doing things on my own. Cause I had sang with my parents on stage before and done things like that. And I was definitely singing in school and definitely playing around. I mean, I was like playing at Starbucks basically like on the weekends in Franklin, <laughs> just trying to play everywhere. Cause my mom taught me, she was like, just go out and play. You've got to yeah. just play. And so I kind of would just play wherever I could, but, um, but that was really the defining moment, I think for me. Um, and probably like, you know, subconsciously, I think the Kenny Rogers duet was really the start of that as well. You know, mm -hmm. I think anything that makes you kind of like start to, to, it's almost like the universe kind of hands you these, these things and they, and you are nervous to do them, but it's really like a test to kind of step up to the plate and really knock it out of the park. And I think, um, as, as you keep getting those things, whether if, as long as you're showing up and, and doing that with everything that you get, I think that that's kind of like, that, that's the goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of it. The defining moment was probably my high school, that high school tour. Yeah. Amazing. And then, so as I, as I said, you, you went to college in the UK and for, for someone who kind of grew up in and around Tennessee, it may be kind of a random choice. <laughs> um, totally. What what led you here and, and to Lipka? So I wasn't going to go to college. I kind of had made a decision after, um, especially after that tour. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do music full time. Because here in the States, you have to go to college and you and you have to take all these extra courses like math and science. And I just like 
I really kind of scraped by those in, in school. I was really good at like English and other things, but like, but that whole side of it was, I was never good at. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to just really buckle down and, and do it. And I was at a Christmas party with my family at my junior year in high school. And I met a girl named Siobhan Kennedy, who's, um, she was the wife of Ray Kennedy, who's a really big producer in Nashville and friends with my, my parents. And so she came up to me, she's from Liverpool and she, and I had never met her before. And she was like, Alyssa, where do you go into college? You know? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to go, you know, like I've looked into Berkeley, I've looked into Belmont, I've looked into all these different, you know, like, um, you know, NYU and things like that. And I just, I just don't think anything speaks to me. And I really want to learn how to do, you know, sound technology and music production and, and, um, you know, because music I had really learned my whole life, you know, and I also played by ear. So I was really bad at like reading music or anything like that. Um, so I didn't really want to go for like music school, if that makes sense yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so she said, well, have you heard about the Paul McCartney school? And I said, what? There's a Paul McCartney school. <laughs> and she said, yeah, it's called Lippa and it's in Liverpool. And and it's a total performing arts college and it's a conservatory. So you don't have to take all these other things. And so I literally the next morning applied there for the, for the um, popular music and sound technology course. And it was the only place I applied. And I told myself if I got in that I would go and I got in on a full scholarship for three years. So I was like, all right, I'm going. There we go then. <laughs> and was that so was this the first time you'd gone overseas kind of yeah 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 what, I mean what we, we had a show yeah it was and we we'd had a show I, like my senior year we went to Scotland because my parents had a show in Thurzo which is like way up in the north mm -hmm. um and so that was my first time to, over to the UK we went to London as well and um came back and and I just felt like this innate sense of home that I just it was really, really an amazing feeling that I got when I landed in the UK. And my my whole mom's side of the family um, on, on my grandfather's side, they're all from Leeds and from Edinburgh. So I feel like my family ties have always been there. And so that's why it just felt so familiar in some way. Um, so yeah, it was a culture shock. And like when I was in Liverpool, I just kind of went over on a whim. I didn't have any friends really, you know, I kind of made all my friends the first day that I was there. And some of those friends are still my best friends to this day. Um, but I, I didn't understand what people were saying. And I thought they were speaking a different language in Liverpool because mm -hmm. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And so it was great, you know, and, and also difficult at the same time. But um, it really kind of made me into the woman I am now. I'll tell you that for sure. Mm -hmm. and obviously like it's such an incredible school and and from people I've spoken to that have gone there it's it is just really about the music and what kind of obviously as you say you knew how to play you knew how to sing learning the kind of other side to it the behind the scenes the mixing yeah that, was it completely new to you or had you had yeah. some experience my so my dad and I when I was a, in high school my dad started building a little studio up in our attic and the first thing that I learned on was an eight track and which was really fun you kind of just like can layer things and you only get eight tracks so you, you've got to like figure out what you want to do on each and um so I remember um I started I wrote this song actually when the Twin Towers happened because I was so 
distraught over that whole thing. And I, I went home and I put it all down on this eight track. And that was kind of, that started like my curiosity on how to record and produce. And then my dad and I started slowly building the studio up and up and up. And um, so I had, I had learned a little bit and, and had started recording my songs. And that's actually what got me my scholarship because Sennheiser um, sponsors Lippa and every year they give away um, an international or a local, it changes every year, but the year that I was there, it was for international students. And so they, they gave me uh, a chance to get the scholarship and I had to like, you know, um, show them what I've been working on. I had to just like, you know, write a whole essay of why I should get it and, and all this stuff. And, and that really changed my life because I, I really didn't think I was going to be able to go to college for longer than a year there. Cause it's really expensive and um, you know, dollars and pounds and all that stuff. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to say, but I got it. And, and I'm so, so grateful. So it was really hard. I was the only girl in the class. Um, there was a girl that kind of joined later. Um, but I was the only girl mainly in the class and, you know, everybody made fun of me because I was asking so many questions because I didn't really know the technical side of anything, but that's why I was there and that's why I wanted to learn. And so it was, uh, it was hard and I'm so grateful I did it though, because it's really prepped me. Like I just finished mixing Michelle Branch's record and I could have never done that if I hadn't have gone to Lipa. So I owe them a lot. Yeah. And, and I, I love that you went there and it, it's such a, I mean, Liverpool, so, uh, yeah, people come over and they talk about London being such a, a music city and Liverpool is yeah. too. But did you kind of start gigging there? Like, what was your what was your kind of goal when you were there? Was it just like, I'm going to study for three years or I'm just going to get myself out there as, as much as possible? Yeah, I kind of just did it all. I was like, I, um, I started playing anywhere I could and started really grassroots style, like playing cafes and playing. I played this place called Zanzibar, which was like an amazing club there. I think it's closed now, but I love that club. And I kind of got discovered there by this guy called Pete Wiley um, from Pete Wiley and the Mighty Wah. And he, he wanted me to join his band as a guitar player and a background singer. And my, my mom and my dad always taught me, you know what, do all of it. Like, because you can always learn and you can always meet people and try things and so I kind of just was the yes person like yes I'll do it let's do it you know so I joined his band it was like the coolest thing that I did while while I was there I mean I we got to open for Ringo Starr at the opening of the Echo Arena we we were um you know we played for the Queen at the Royal Variety Show we did Nosley Hall Music Festival with on the bill like with the Who it was crazy and those are the biggest shows I've ever played before. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I kind of made a little name for myself in Liverpool. And, and from there I got to play Glastonbury that year, uh, the year that I was graduating, which is 2009, I played the acoustic tent in Glastonbury and, um, and yeah, I just like the music community really, uh, you know, really embraced me. And, and that's why it's been so fun to kind of come back and, and visit all those fans and I've, I've had people come up to me at these last shows and, and saying, I, you know, I saw you back in Liverpool when you played and I saw you when you played with Kim Ritchie in London in 2011. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. And and it's such a, like the British music scene is is yeah. such a, such an incredible kind of place to be. And, and you don't often get people that aren't British kind of. Right introduced into that so I can imagine it was just quite surreal the whole experience well it was and you know I think I think what the main thing for me was is that I 
when I was in school here in America, I've, I, I always felt like a little bit of an outcast. Like I was like the weirdo that was like really into music and, 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 you know, always on the road and traveled a lot. And I never went to parties. Like I didn't drink until I went to England, you know, like it was like, I just was really into music and art and, and, um, theater and dancing. And, and when I went to Lipa, I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't a weirdo. I felt like I had met all of these people that were like the same, you know, and I've actually noticed that like with, with just Europe, Europe in general, but, but mainly in England, it's like, everybody's so open-minded and that's something that I think is, is a major cultural difference in ways when you go overseas and you start to see how people were brought up and it's, it's very different from li living in the South, you know, of Tennessee. <laughs> and so it really opened my eyes and I, I almost felt like I belonged somewhere for the first time in a really long time. And I always feel that way when I go back there. Mm -hmm. Home from home. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that point of kind of having this kind of career, in a spoke, I suppose, sorry, in, in the UK, what led you back home to then kind of continue your career? Well, um, at the time, like it was a strange time because my parents were going through some difficulties um, and it was like the time when when uh, a lot of the stuff collapsed in America. 2008, 2009 was really tough for a lot of Americans with small businesses. My dad was working in mortgage in a mortgage company. And, um, and I didn't really know how I was going to make a living in the UK anymore. And my visa was running out. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to move back to Nashville, see if I can get a job writing songs or something like that. So I was working with a manager at the time and she helped me get this amazing publishing deal. And I started writing for all different kinds of music. I was writing pop, country, rock, I mean, you name it, like Beyonce, I was like trying to get songs on Beyonce's album and, and it just like, it was really a great challenge, but it wasn't me like at all. You know what I mean? It was like, I was, I was just kind of trying to figure out um, how to kind of win really as a songwriter. And of course, the one song that ended up taking off was a song that I wrote by myself for myself. And it was called I Make My Own Sunshine. And I had written it when I was in Liverpool because it was raining all the time. Yeah. And and I just didn't really think anything of it. Um, so I, it was such a good lesson for me because it was like, you know, the, the one song that really connected with people was a song that I wrote because it connected with me rather than trying to chase all of these different kinds of, you know, artists and different songs and fame and all that stuff. And so um, that was kind of my first big break. It was in like 2012 and the song was on a Lowe's commercial nationwide in, in America. And, um, and yeah, it was really, really the start of a lot for me. And, um, and then I kind of, you know, would get called back to do certain, like I got called back to come over on tour with Raul Mallow from the Mavericks in the UK. And that was really amazing. And so I got to kind of always, really come back and then um, was doing my solo career and, and put out a record called Road Less Traveled and started gaining some momentum. And, and, um, and that's when I met Ruby and we joined the Sisterhood Band. And that was crazy, a crazy five-year, uh, you know, journey. And we got signed to Sony Records and, you know, we were doing it. It was like, it was mainstream and we were aiming for country radio and, and, um, you know, I was, I, I remember like looking up at the audience on stage at the, the show that we played in Nashville, um, you know, thinking about like, 
oh my God, how did I get here? And like, this is a dream of mine that I've had for so long to sign a record deal, you know? And, and uh, it, it took me all those years to really get to that point. And I'm so grateful that, that we had that time in that band. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk just a little bit about the band because unfortunately, you know, you guys are no longer together, but you, yeah. as you said, you had an amazing, amazing five years. Um, yeah. How did you guys kind of meet and, and decide that having a band and, you know, doing it together was, was the right thing at the time for you both? Well, it's funny because like I... I, I honestly thought we were, you know, I had always been writing for other artists on the side of doing my own thing. And it's kind of just how, I don't know, it's just, I guess it's just been my destiny. And it's been so cool because a lot of these artists like Jesse James Decker and Janet Kramer and Steven Tyler have cut songs of mine. And um, that's been so cool that songs can translate to different artists that you, that come from you, you know, in your stories. Um, so when I met Ruby, we just met through friends and, uh, we started writing together and I thought we were kind of writing for her project. And then she kind of turned to me, you know, halfway through the week and she was like, can we, we should just start a band. Wouldn't that be fun? And I was like, yeah, that would be kind of fun. And so we kind of did it as a joke and, (laughs) and it turned into a whole thing. And so it was, you know, that's kind of just the way things work sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And so you obviously you're both daughters of musicians and you've kind yeah. of I suppose both had similar child childhoods growing up kind mm. of on the road did that do you think made it kind of quite easy to gel and um, because you had similar backgrounds yeah well that was kind of what really connected us was you know we were both you know tour babies mm-hmm. and talking to her and you know the other thing that was connecting us was our English connection and so yeah. when we first met we started talking about London living there and living in the UK and and we talked about growing up and being you know children of musicians and and um, it was so nice to find someone that kind of understood all those things and so yeah and and that was so crazy that it was like that band also brought me back to the UK and we toured so much we got to open for Rod on his stadium date tour Um, and his arena tour and like and it was just it's like my destiny has always been to kind of keep going back to the UK and um, and I'm so grateful we were able to do it uh, with the sisterhood band as well because it was just so much fun we met so many amazing people and played so many amazing shows Um, yeah it was a good run yeah and it was and uh, but you know as you said it's a shame that you guys have ended but I'm sure there are bigger and better things you know and I'm so excited to hear kind of both both your solo endeavors um and I want to talk to you a little bit more um about your own music but I do want to quickly talk about some of the songs you've written um yeah so as you said Stephen Tyler cut one of your records which is is very very cool he had a kind of flippant country music career (laughs) a few years ago um yeah but someone Firstly, as a as a One Tree Hill super fan, um, yeah. I want to talk about because you've written for Jana Kramer and Tyler Hilton, and in a sense, the Michelle Branch kind of links back to that because she had a lot of music on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Jana, in particular, who is had this kind of whirlwind career of acting and hosting and everything, um, you had a hit on was it her first country record? Um, yeah. With Circles. What was that kind of experience like? Because that was her kind of really going from from being this actress and, and star of TV into, into a new world. And um, so what was that like? Yeah, that was amazing to have uh, Jana cut circles. I mean, 
I I was writing for this project that I that I kind I met I met Jeffrey Steele who's still to this day one of my best friends and we kind of met randomly and he had heard about me in town through my parents but um I just I went up to him at a show one day and I was like can we write together I was like I really want to write with you someday he goes what are you doing tomorrow and I said nothing he goes come over let's write a song so I went over the next day and we became really good friends we wrote this song that's coming out on my my album um but we started just this friendship and then I started writing for his publishing company for a while and we wrote circles together and um that was my first big cut by a outside country artist I mean it was top 40 on country radio and um that was such a huge blessing and it's always just really cool to have an artist like that cut your song and, and it's it's like really giving your song wings you know um mm -hmm. so it was really really amazing yeah is there any part of you because at, at the time I suppose well and I could be wrong here but she was an actress kind of going she yeah. hadn't released any music is there a part mm -hmm. of you that's like oh my god what if she's not good or like because she is and she you know she's sung on One Tree Hill and, and she's obviously a phenomenal singer but was there any part of you that had like reservations about giving your song to kind of a non-musician, so to speak? Yeah, you know, I think I think that um, any time that you're you're giving your song away in the beginning, I I always talk to my dad about that because I was like, I, you know, this is my story. This is this is what I'm going through. Like, should I let someone else do that? And my dad said to me, Alyssa, when you write a song, your songs are meant to be heard. Whether, whether that means they're sung by you or they're sung by someone else. And so way before, you know, I ever had a, a song cut by an artist, I would have these questions because, you know, publishing a publisher's job is to really pitch your songs if you're not putting them on an album or something. Um, but I really like, you know, having her and Jesse um, and Jesse was Jesse James Decker was really my my first uh friend that really that really kind of latched onto my music and started cutting my songs and um I owe her a lot you know I mean she she really put my name on the map in a in a in a in a, in a lot of ways um and we just became such good friends out of that whole thing and and to have her and Jana like cut my songs is so it's such an honor it really really is and whether it's an actress who's you know doing a, a music thing um and she Jana's great she's a great singer and and um I was I was so grateful that she wanted to cut that song because it meant something to her so I think I see it now very differently than when I was when I was younger and and was like kind of starting with that mm -hmm. um it's always good to let your songs fly yeah and it was and it was I mean uh, you know I say obviously she was not just getting it, but she's so great and her music yeah. is so great and I think from from looking at her I think you can tell she always the music was always first for her um yeah. and and jesse of course so am i right in saying you have a a cut on her new album coming out as well which is really exciting. i do yeah but you've I had do. loads of hits with her and i think she again she's one of these these artists that she kind of just does everything you know she yeah. she's done tv she's done music she has a clothing brand and, and she's everywhere yeah. and so obviously her music gets a, a lot of um kind of different different people listening not just country fans um, yeah. and I always say I think she's such an underrated musician because she does so much else and her music's mm -hmm. so great um, and such a different generation of fans so what obviously you say you're, you're really good friends but what's it kind of like yeah. when you when you get in the studio with her and you and you work with her 
Well, her, her and I, we always say that we're like each other's musical soulmates because we just have, we get into a room, we write a song in like an hour and it's, and it sounds like a hit, you know? And, and we've had so many instances like that. Um, but I met her through MySpace. This is so random, but I, when I was in college in Liverpool, I was writing with a friend of mine um, who's now a really big producer. His name's Andreas Schuler, but he goes by accident. He's done like, um, did like company for Justin Bieber and he did a uh, wiggle with it for, I think it's Snoop Dogg, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but when, but we were in the same sound tech class together and we became really good friends and he was like, Alyssa, have you ever been to Oslo? Like you should come out here and we should write together sometime. I've got, you know, a producer that I work with out there and we try and get cuts for other artists. And I was like, absolutely, let's go. So I went to Oslo in, in um, like 2007, I think. And we, there was a pitch sheet list and Jesse James Decker, well, just James, she was just James then, was on this pitch sheet. And I looked her up and she was phenomenal. And I was like, oh my God, I want to write a song for her. And so we wrote this song with her in mind and I went on MySpace and I found her and I just sent it to her and I said, Hey, I wrote a song for you today. And she wrote me back and was like, I need to cut this song. Oh my God. And that's how we met. And we've literally been friends ever since that was in 2007. And, um, we kind of just became best friends. It was like so random. And then this is also random, but when I went back to Nashville, uh, for like summer break that next year we legit bumped into each other at Urban Outfitters, both shopping, <laughs> didn't know, hadn't like, didn't have each other's numbers or anything. Uh-huh. We're just like friends through MySpace, bumped into each other and she was like, Alyssa. And I was like, Jesse. <laughs> and that's how we, that's how we like finally met in person. But she's, she's always been one of my friends that really um, has shown me how to be strong and to be empowered. And she is a, she is a really strong independent woman. And, um, she really helped me a lot in, in my career and, uh, and just as a friend, you know, um, just to help stand on my power a little bit and realize, you know, what I can do and how to use that and how to use that power in the right way. And, um, and yeah, so I, it's been really fun, but yeah, we've written a lot of, we've written a lot of her singles together, or she's cut some of my songs, like Mm -hmm. a song called gold that was mine that I was going to put on an album and she cut it. And I love her version so much. And, um, been really cool so yeah I'm, I'm happy that I have a song on her new record because this is her big Warner Brothers album that's coming out and um it's cool that I got to be included on it yeah and it, it seems I know it hasn't actually kind of been that long but it seems like it's been quite a while since she's released music and I know she's had mm. kind of EPs and stuff so it, it's a really kind of hyped album I'm really looking forward to it um this this I don't know how much don't know how much you're allowed to tell us um was this kind of like a lockdown cut or is it kind of a song that's been been around for a while? Um, it's a song called I, I, I Need a Man. So she, people have heard it on her Instagram and mm-hmm. um, and we wrote it for fun. And I, it was we were talking about I was single at the time. And so it was really fun for me to write that song with her. But um, I love any any song with Jesse is a fun song to write. I mean, we just like I said earlier, we get in a room together and we write a song in like an hour and it's like we finish each other's sentences and um, we've always had that connection. And I, I think that's just a God thing. You know, I think me reaching out to her on, on my space of all places, it's like, you know, the fact that we actually connected is strange. And um, and so I think it was just all meant to be. So, yeah, 
I, I'm trying to remember when we wrote that song. I think it's been a while now, but um, but it's been a fan favorite. I think of of her fans. So yeah. I'm glad she's I'm glad she's releasing she's, it. She's releasing <laughs> it finally. Um, and as we said, so you've had so many hits as a songwriter. Um, obviously, other people like Jodie Messina, who I'm sure I'm sure was oh my god, a real for you to write for. Yes. Um, I I want to just hear just a little bit about that because the yeah. songs you had for her, and she'd kind of had this lull in her career, and she'd. I think she lost a record deal, did she? And she was yeah. coming back, like with this kind of comeback. Um, and she's just got one of them voices. She's one of them iconic kind of nineties country women. Oh my god! Um, I mean, I listen to her music, yeah. like screaming at the top of my lungs in my car, all of her songs as a yeah. as a kid. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I loved Jodi Messina, and I I met her randomly. You meet so many people in Nashville, you know, and. We just got together to write one day and we wrote this song um, called Unbreakable. And she was like, let's make this a duet. And it's funny because I was listening to it the other day randomly um, on the beach here because I've been like going through my old catalog of like all the songs I've written. And, you know, if I want to add any extra ones to this album and all this stuff. And anyway, I heard that song and it's a lot of like what's going on now in our world. And and uh, it's funny how that happens. But Jody was an amazing artist to work with um sorry I'm just gonna plug my my little iPad in. but yeah Jody was an amazing person to work with on that it was just so so cool yeah she is awesome and yeah she is one of them people that I think as well like her music and I think this is about a lot of kind of 90s country women but their music is so relatable today and so that when they release music kind of 10 20 years after their yeah. so-called you know like height of their career and it's still so good it just goes to show how amazing they are. She well, and she really was like a pioneer of like the the female. It was like her and Faith Hill and you know that whole era, Shania Twain and um and and yeah, I got to be a part of like her comeback, which was really, really cool. We wrote a song together called I'm Not Dead, and it was all about how she's not dead yet mm-hmm. and she's still here. <laughs> and um, I just thought that was fun. So that was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, it's she's so great, and so mm. we've got to talk about. So there is an there is an album coming, a new album coming. Um, yes. So new is the the current single which came out in July, and I know we spoke about this a little bit last time, and I, it's it seems in a sense that it's been out for ages because it's just slid into you know well my personal music catalog so smoothly. Um, Thank you. It's been an incredible few months after release. Um, what's you. it been like? Oh man, I was so nervous to release a song, especially after coming from the sisterhood band. And I just, it was really unexpected. You know, I I always make music and, um, and, and during the 2020 just lull of everything, the world stopping, um, I turned to music to, to really heal myself. Um, so I kind of accidentally started writing all these songs and then looked at the end of it. I was like, gosh, I think I have like the start of an album, you know? And And New Wings is all about this poem that I read about, um, you know, a butterfly and and how how the struggle of getting through a cocoon is really the most important part of the process of transforming. And you can't skip the struggle. You can't skip the hardships. And that really like spoke to me because I think I was, you know, at the beginning of of a loss, you think to yourself, well, why me? Why is this happening? I've worked really hard and I, you know, I've done my job right. Or I've done this and why is this happening? And, and, um, and then when you really stop and you start to think about it, 
you know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer. And so I, I really think that God has a plan for all of us. And I think that, um, as we kind of move through our lives, the different journeys are what take us to the next step. And sometimes we don't like the way that those look and it's not the way that we think that it should happen, you know? Um, but I totally believe that that ending is what created this music for me. And, I want this music to be able to help people as well that have gone through something similar. And that's what I think new wings is hopefully doing um, for people that have lost and that are transforming into their next stage of their life and um, into their best selves. You know, I think we're always trying to become our best self. Um, And so, yeah, so that's how new wings was born. And I'm just really grateful for the support that it's gotten because it's, I was really nervous to put it out and I'm glad I did. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's had such a great reaction. And what we spoke a little bit about last time, and I, and I still kind of, every time I hear the song, I think about this, was the kind of unintentional timing of it, because it came out at yeah. a time where everyone's kind of in this, and everyone in the whole world is in this kind of weird transition phase of their lives, because we've been shut yeah. down, and we're kind of, you know, coming out of our cocoons, so to speak. And yeah. it, it was a really kind of coincidental timing, but totally worked really well. Well, thank you for saying that. I mean, I honestly didn't know when I was going to release it. And um, I met a few people that were able to kind of help me put a plan together. And and it just so happened that the right timing felt like July. And, you know, with everything that was happening. And then at that time, it was like it really, it really kind of was at the start of um, everything reopening again, which was nice. So that was a God thing, too, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like... I'm just putting it up, leaving it up to him for from now on because um, timing is everything, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really grateful. And what what can you tell us about the album? What can we expect? Have we heard any of the songs that are going to be on it? I know I've been lucky enough to see you live since kind of COVID, Yay! so possibly I've heard a few of them. But yeah, um, what can we expect from it? Well. Um, this, this end of the year, I'm taking time to just really focus on finishing it properly. I think I've had the concept for it and I've had maybe like 75% of it done, but there's a couple of other songs that I really want to add to it. And, um, and actually since I've been here on vacation, it's been really good because I've been dreaming and scheming and thinking of different ways to do something and, um, and how I really want it to look. And so that's kind of what I'm, I'm going to be doing at the end of the year, but, uh, something very special will be coming at the end of October. Um, so I can tell you that. And then there might be a song by the end of the year before the new year with an album kind of coming next year sometime. Amazing. But I think you're just going to hear you're going to hear singles from me for a little bit because I want to I want to get people excited about what's coming on an album. Um, and I want to I, I really like the idea of one song at a time, just like, you know, really kind of being absorbed. And that's why I've been really happy that um, New Wings has gotten all this time. And, you know, I don't even have like a, a I don't even have an official music video for that song. Um, and, uh, I'm you know, I'm going to try and work on that now. But but we have something coming out end of October, so. Amazing, I look forward to it. And I really like what you say about singles because I think sometimes with an album, the best songs can get, not swallowed up, but you can they can get missed. And you know, I like I always say that, that the best way to listen to an album is on vinyl because you can't skip a song. Um, but right. that's a really, I love that you are gonna release it like that because you, you get a, kind of a better connection with, with each individual song. 
Yeah. And, and also it's like, I think these days, I think that, um, you know, we were talking about like the girl who does like everything really. That's so cool. Like Jesse, she does everything. And I, and that's, that's who she is. And I think that, um, this pandemic has really brought me back to all the things that I love to do. And, and, um, and I want to make sure that people are getting to know who I am before I hit them with a massive album of a lot of songs. I want them to get to know me in a, in a dating kind of way where we can like go out for a drink and you can get to know a song like new wings and then, you know, another one. And, um, and that way it just, I don't know. I think Lennon Stella did that. And I, I'm kind of just really inspired by her. Um, and I love everything that she does. But when she was dropping song after song after song, it was so fun because I was like getting to see different sides of who she was. And then when her album dropped, it made me so excited, you know? So um, I'm kind of just being inspired by, by some of my heroes and, and uh, kind of strategizing in that way. Yeah, I, I for one, am very excited to hear. Um, and I'm going to let you go in a minute, but I do want to know, um, because I'm really hopeful and obviously yeah. COVID dependent, fingers crossed, but yeah, it, are there tour plans? Are there festival plans of what's kind of, is there anything you're allowed to tell us? <laughs> well, I'm just going to, hopefully I'm, you'll be seeing me in the summer um, next year for sure, um, if not sooner in the UK. So I'll definitely be coming back. I have to. You guys are my my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> and yeah, it, you are. I love it there. Yeah. Um, but it has been so great to chat. Thank you for taking time out of your, your vacation and your day. Anytime. I love talking to you, Leah. You're so awesome. And it's it's really wonderful to talk to someone who who loves music so much. And um, And I appreciate you having me. It's been so great. And I'll have you back anytime. <laughs> Yay! We'll do it when the next song comes out. Yes, let's do it. So I could never go back. No, I could never go back.